Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. So grateful that you are gathering with us, whether it's on YouTube through the video version of this podcast or from your podcast platform of choice. Wherever you might be at, you might be on a run, you might be in your car, but I just appreciate you tuning in and continuing this conversation, especially as we're looking through the book of Galatians together. Let's let's start in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Christ Jesus, not by obeying the law. And we believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And as we get started in the conversation, I just have a question for you. When you get to the end of your life, what will have been some of those most important things? There's no shortage of answers that we might find for this type of question. For me, I really want to have loved really well, and I want to have spent my time blessing others and impacting other people in a positive way. And I think many of us can agree that that is a pretty good goal regardless of your faith perspective. But I'm also convinced that desire is in most of us, if not all of us, because I believe that God has placed it there. And the problem is so many times, at least for me, I can get so focused on things that don't actually matter that much that I come across the others kind of unloving. And sometimes I interact with others out of the pains of my past. That I haven't quite worked out yet. And sometimes I can be so focused on achieving that I miss out on things that matter way more in the present moment than maybe some of the things that my mind can be fixated on. So what in your life might get in the way of you really loving well and making a difference in the lives of other people? To recap our last conversation from last week, Paul, he wrote this letter called Galatians to a bunch of churches scattered across the region of Galatia, modern day Turkey. Now he's addressing some controversy that was happening in his cultural moment, namely addressing a group of Jewish Christians who moved into the area and got more involved in the Galatian church communities. And as they got more involved, they stirred up controversy by teaching people that they weren't saved by faith in Jesus alone, but needed to follow cultural Jewish practices in order to truly be adopted into the family of God, essentially discrediting their spiritual experience to that point. This either kept people from stepping into faith in Jesus or it introduced a works-based salvation paradigm. And to say it another way, they're essentially saying Jesus plus something equals adoption into the family of God. And this wasn't the truth. It wasn't Jesus's teaching. This was a false gospel. And the truth of the gospel is that faith in Jesus alone is enough to be adopted into the family of God now and forever. So some of the key takeaways from last week was discern the authority of the voices that speak into your life and shape the trajectory of your journey. And we believe, at least at Pine Hills Church, we believe that Jesus has the ultimate authority to speak into our life and shape the trajectory of our journey because he's given his life and actually has the power to do something with the broken things in our lives. So getting into Galatians chapter 2, it's going to continue with more controversy and some more tension. 
Paul spends time continuing to build his credibility by saying that the original people who walked with Jesus and learned the ways of Jesus from Jesus himself affirmed that Paul's message that he'd been preaching for 14 years was valid and good. And these early followers and leaders within the Jesus movement also recognized Paul's authority as someone charged by God to carry the message of Christ into a completely new context. But all that work was being threatened, 14 years worth of work being threatened by people who were spreading false narratives that were negatively impacting people's faith. And Paul also confronted something else that was pretty serious as it affected the unity between two completely separate groups of people, the Jewish Christians and the Gentiles. These false narratives were unwinding the work of Jesus because the gospel of Jesus It has the power to break down cultural barriers and to create one singular group of people centered around the person of Jesus, regardless of these silly cultural barriers that we often put in the way. And this was something that was worth fighting for for Paul. In fact, as we pick up the letter this week, we're going to see that Paul is willing to cause some tension by addressing this head on with Peter because Peter was involved in this and was hurting the unity within the Jesus community. And if you're new to the Jesus story, Peter's one of the original followers of Jesus, and he had some big ups and some big downs. He has a moment where he's brave enough to walk on the water. When Jesus is walking in the middle of a storm, Peter calls out to Jesus, hey, can I come walk to you? And he walks on water for a few moments. But then at other times, Peter's own personal desires get projected onto Jesus. And Jesus rebukes him and says, Peter, in this moment, that your will is more in line with Satan's than it is with God. And then there's moments where he was even afraid to identify himself as a follower of Jesus when Jesus was on trial, about to get executed on a cross to give his life. But then after Jesus rose from the grave, Peter's filled up with the Holy Spirit, and he steps out and he proclaims this message, the gospel, to a huge crowd of people, and over 3,000 people come to faith that day. So if you're someone who has ups and downs in your journey, Peter is someone that can teach you. You're still welcome welcome to continue to follow the way. You're still welcome. Jesus has grace for you and has plans and purposes for you as you continue to kind of fail your way forward, as you continue to grow. This is someone who we can learn from. So let's pick it up. In Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, it says, But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face, for what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. You know, I'd be thinking in our cultural moment, this sounds pretty awkward and a little weird. Why are we reading a text like this? But remember that this letter was written to a specific audience at a specific time. So it's on us to unwind some of that, to put ourselves in that cultural moment, to bring out the message even for us today. So to do a bit of that, in their day, Jewish people believed that they could only share a meal with people who were like them, who abided by all the same cultural religious rules that they did. Everyone else was viewed as quote-unquote unclean, and they would even go out of their way to avoid them. And if you were a Jewish person in their day, Gentiles weren't the type of people that you would invite over for a Taco Tuesday. But Peter, who's a Jewish Christian, was associating with Gentiles and eating with them. 
which was great because it embodied the truth of the gospel that Jesus was powerful enough to break down some pretty powerful cultural barriers in the day. And it demonstrated that they could be one in Jesus, which is a beautiful message. But then some of his Jewish Christian boys show up and they're eating at the same food establishment as Peter. And Peter gets a bit scared. And instead of standing up for his actions, which were correct, he silently picks up his remaining tacos and he went and he sat with his boys. So cue to mind this like middle school cafeteria type situation. Bring to mind that feeling you might have had at some point in your life when you're eating with someone until someone else better, quote unquote, comes along and then these people ditch you to go hang out with those people. Imagine the feeling of rejection and abandonment, frustration, embarrassment, all of those things. This is what Paul's calling out because Peter's actions were beginning to lead other people away. Peter was being a hypocrite. He acted one way around one crowd and another way around a different crowd instead of being the same in each situation. He wasn't acting with integrity. He wasn't acting congruent in accordance with his belief. And people in our cultural moment do similar things, even in Jesus communities. Sometimes we act one way around other people that are trying to follow the way of Jesus. And then we act completely different when we're around coworkers or when we go to a party or we get around people that are old friends from a different point in our life. And living into the way of Jesus means we show up in the same way in every environment. We learn to live congruently. We actually live rightly and we do the best that we can to be people of integrity. Peter wasn't doing this. In fact, what Peter was doing was tearing down the work that the that the gospel was doing, the good fruit that it was producing. He was kind of essentially tearing that down. And he was breaking the community apart. And Paul confronts him to his face in front of everyone, which is controversial because it disregards customs of the day. And Jesus is teaching that when you have a problem with someone, you should go directly to that person in private. And you should escalate it from there if you can't quite work things out. But Paul jumps immediately into calling out these harmful actions in Peter in front of everyone. Why? Why would why would Paul do this? Obviously, Paul isn't in himself wanting to cause any more unnecessary conflict or disunity. But Peter had influenced others in his harmful actions who were then perpetuating their own harmful actions. So the bad stuff was spreading and Paul wanted to contain it. Paul needed to call out those who were being harmful to let them know collectively the errors of their ways and to reorient them back to the things that mattered most. That we believe in a gospel that teaches us that faith in Jesus alone allows us all to be part of the same family. That we shouldn't let secondary cultural issues keep us from being united together on mission so that others can know the the goodness of Jesus. And not only did he need to call out these people who were doing that, he also needed to advocate for people who were being hurt in this moment, that they matter in the the family of Jesus, and that in Jesus we're all one, and no one is lesser, no one is better than anyone else. And so in Jesus, we're all kind of on the same field. We're all family, brothers and sisters together. Let's continue the story, Galatians 2.16. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we believe 
we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we've obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Again, as we've talked about last week, God gave a law to guide our lives. And just like any law in our day, when we break a law, there are repercussions for breaking that law. Spiritually speaking, breaking the law means inviting death into our life because God's ways always bring life and are always good. So to choose something different is to invite brokenness into our life, to invite bad stuff, invite death into our life. But Jesus came to fulfill the requirements of the law. He died so that your breaking of the law would not have to carry the judgment that it actually deserves. Because remember, when you break a law, it carries a consequence. Jesus is essentially offering a way to those who would follow after him, basically a way to satisfy us breaking the law and us getting what we don't deserve, which is namely life instead of death. So now when we take Jesus up on his offer, we get to experience life. We get to trust him with our past or present or future We get to then begin to desire to live in such a way that it puts it puts other people around us in in a better state of awareness that God is working and moving and good. We get to point other people to the goodness of Jesus. And our motivation should always be to live like Jesus so that others can see what Jesus is like as we do life with them. And when we make mistakes like Peter and we get things wrong. That doesn't mean we need to wallow in shame and condemnation. Because remember, we're not saved because we get the law completely right. We're saved because of our faith in Jesus, because of his grace. And then when we come, as we're doing life with Jesus, we realize when we make these mistakes, as we're all going to do, we realize our faults. We need to receive that grace from Jesus to not just continue to walk in the shame. You ever notice that even in culture? Like at times I've felt this in my own story where I'm tempted to act a certain way. And the moment that I act that way that I'm tempted to act, then immediately I feel shame over my actions. See, in Jesus, we don't have to feel that shame because there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus lovingly puts his finger on it. He calls it out. He says it in grace, but he helps inspire us and he gives us the power to live differently so we can be a better source of love for other people and we can model who Jesus is to other people. Galatians 2, 19 says, for when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all of its requirements so that I might live for God. So because of Jesus, I can abandon perfectionism. Life is never perfect and I'm never perfect. And instead of wasting so much energy, I want to daily remind myself that Jesus loves me fully when I get things right and live into who I should be. And when I get things wrong and I live incongruently and need someone trusted like Paul to call me out. I receive that by daily being with Jesus where I get to first receive his love that helps me to live into the things that Jesus is calling me to live into. And then I get to begin to change the things that are making me unloving to other people and helping me to live more into a place of love for other people to accomplish what I talked about earlier at the end of my life, to be that person of love for other people, to make a difference in other people's lives. 
And I need a community of trusted people around me who know me enough to call me out on my actions when they're unloving, which is difficult in a culture that demands that we affirm every desire that's actually in our heart. And that when people speak truth to us, they're actually not being loving. That's a cultural lie. That doesn't lead to life. Remember, if you don't have people in your life that can say hard things, then you're never going to step into your full potential. Thank goodness Jesus isn't like that. And thank goodness that Jesus, even while calling things out and pointing things out that will make us better if we step outside that and trust him with our lives, he doesn't do it from a place where he's trying to shame us. He's offering us grace and mercy. Galatians 2 verses 20 through 21, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I can live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. See, my past is forgiven in Jesus. No matter the things I used to be caught up in, the way I used to treat people, the things I used to believe, in Jesus I am completely forgiven so I can live fully into my potential. I can live fully in who he created me to be. And I willingly, as a follower of Jesus, when I recognize that in my life, when I respond to the grace and mercy of God that I'm ultimately looking for anyway, knowing that I can't be that person of love without him. Because when I experience the love that he has on offer, I can then go give that love to other people, but I can't muster that love in and of myself. I need him. And so when I respond to the gospel, I willingly place myself under the authority of Jesus because of the love that he gives me and because of the wisdom that he offers me and the power that he gives me to actually be someone who overcomes things that used to hold me back. He sets my story in a completely new trajectory. He helps me to become the person that he believes me to be anyway, the person he created me to be. This is good news. You don't have to get all right. You don't have to like work out this, this weird way of trying to be perfect. We're not called to do that. Jesus doesn't want perfectionism. Jesus wants participation. He wants you to participate by following after him and learning his unforced rhythms of grace, his way of doing life in this world, his outlook on life by working in his power so that others, you can make a difference in other people's lives because you're pointing them to the thing that's going to change the trajectory of their life. And when we get this wrong, because this is a learning process, when we come to follow Jesus, we don't get this stuff figured out right away. We have to unlearn some old patterns and old ways of doing things. We have to relearn new things which means there's some failure involved, just like in any learning process. But as we fail our way forward and as we continue to grow and progress, as we slowly become more and more like Jesus every day, and we get to step into who, who he's calling us to be. We get to experience that grace and that mercy that's on offer. That's what inspires us to keep moving forward, to do hard things, to keep going and to not believe whatever I'm struggling with today will always be my struggle because he will give us freedom as we learn to live into the life that he has on offer. And we make those mistakes. We don't have to wallow in shame because he is giving us grace. But at the same time, Paul says, I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless, meaning that the grace of Jesus should motivate me to become a little bit better each and every day, but I should never use that as an excuse to live a complacent life as if my actions don't matter.
I need to experience that grace as a gift from God, and I need to let that motivate me forward instead of trying to somehow abuse it. Because ultimately, and this isn't about getting right or getting wrong, it's living into who Jesus has created you to be. And so we, we want to be a loving presence. We want to make a difference in other people's lives. And the way we do that is by living under the authority of God, by spending time with Jesus every day, becoming more like him so that, that we could then do the things that he would have us to do. And remember, that's inspirational because we're still talking about the things that Jesus did thousands of years later, right? His life mattered. His life matters for us. And he's worthy to to follow after him, one, because he shows us how to live with God, connected to him. He shows us how to not get tied up with all the things that don't matter so much so we can focus on the things that ultimately matter. And he frees frees us from this pressure of thinking that we have to get it all right in this moment and in this life. Like We could just live into who he's called us to be. And when we do that, that takes pressure off and that provides freedom and that helps us to live more easily into who he's wanting us to become. And so let's let this teaching ask us some questions. And some of the questions that we could ask is one, what is there something in reflection of what we're talking about that's stirring in your heart? Hearing this story about how Paul needs to come and confront some things in Peter and that Peter needs to stop those things so that he can then live into who Jesus wants Peter to be anyway, is pointing people to the goodness of Jesus and the gospel. So what things might you need to stop this week? Maybe something in your life resonates with Peter as you you just need to name this thing, this thing that's just not quite right. You've hurt someone's feelings. You said something a different way. You're leading people maybe not to Jesus by your actions, but maybe a bit away. Maybe you're just jaded and frustrated with life and kind of taking it out on a, a lot of other things. And that's not inspiring people towards the life-giving ways of Jesus is actually pulling people away from it. So what what's the thing that you just need to name and ask for God's grace that's actually on offer? And then ask him just to help you in this area, to empower you to live different. Or maybe it's it's something that's resonating from Paul. You're like, you know what? I've been contemplating and thinking about this, and I need to be brave enough to share a truth with someone that's going to help them to live into who God wants them to be. And so maybe you need to pray about Jesus helping you, empower you in that way, that you could speak that truth in love and in grace. And then maybe there's something that you need to start this week. Perhaps you need to, to kind of apologize. You need to start that process of healing and mending a relationship. Perhaps you need to commit to spending more time with Jesus each day so that you can be reminded that you need to receive his love before you go off and do all these other things. Because when you get filled up by him, guess what? You show up in all these different places in a much better way where you can be that loving presence. Or perhaps you need to recognize that life is just busy and complicated and maybe you just need to adjust some things to allow some things to breathe a bit so that you can show up with your family a bit better, your coworkers a bit better. Maybe you're just trying to force things in this season because you used to do it that way in a past season. Maybe this is the season. Maybe you need to slow down a bit so you can start just more rhythms of, of life that are helpful for you. So what are those things? Maybe something you need to stop. Maybe something you need to start. The last question I have is, what is the thing that stuck out the most from our talk today? What's inspiring you in your journey? 
Like we would love to know what that is. So please reach out pinehillschurch.org or my email address, Aaron at pinehillschurch.org and send me an email and tell me what's been inspiring for you in this message. If you're watching it on the video version of in YouTube, put in the comment section, what's the thing that's inspiring your faith? What's the thing that from this message that you're, you're gleaning and you're applying to your life? Because the beautiful part of living in community is that we get to learn from each other and maybe someone hears something from the comment you leave or in a conversation with someone else, like they're inspired by what you're saying that helps them to go out and to do the same things. So what's the thing that has stuck out most for you? And then just some action steps that maybe you can take this week. Maybe you can share a meal, a coffee, a drink with someone who might just think differently than you. Maybe they're from a whole different cultural background. Maybe they're even someone who doesn't know anything about Jesus. Schedule a time to go meet with them, have coffee or a drink, ask really good questions, care about their story, and really listen in and be a blessing to them. Maybe you need to deepen a relationship with someone um, that you can share life more openly with, that you can share the highs and the lows with. And that could be someone you develop more trust with over time that can eventually call some things out and help you to live into your potential. Or maybe you just need to join a community group because you aren't involved in that way. You know what? Community groups at Pine Hills Church, like we gather around tables, but we also are involved in each other's lives and we know the good stuff and the tough stuff. And that's a great place for you to get involved and for you to develop that community where people can speak into your life and help point you to Jesus that ultimately will help you to get to go in the right direction. And so those are the things we have for you in this week's teaching. I just thank you for being a part, processing the conversation. Remember, continue to read through Galatians. If you're just picking the conversation up, go back to the last podcast or the last episode on YouTube, Unraveled Week 1, and just begin to, to go through these conversations with us. But read through the, the letter of Galatians. Maybe you're dabbling with it a bit. Read a couple of verses a day over the next six weeks as we go through this together. Or maybe you want to read a chapter a week, or maybe you want to read a chapter a day and just kind of repeat that as we go through the series to get this letter deeply into your heart and into your bones and live that thing out. But I just thank you for living the way of Jesus with us, or maybe even you're new to all this and you're just contemplating the way of Jesus. You're welcome to the conversation. We're grateful that you're here. This is a safe space to come and to ask questions. If you're local to Ben, come check us out at 4 p.m. on a Sunday for our large gathering where we gather around some of these ideas together. We we worship God. Uh, we engage through song, but ultimately we want to we want to engage with each other and help each other in this hard thing called life where faith never comes easy, but Jesus is with us every step of the way. So thank you for being involved in the conversation. Can't wait to see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye. Mm-hmm.